Welcome back to Kingdom Cast. It's your host, Bad Lil Chuck. We are back at it for part three of the 2021 season review. But, man, there's a lot of rumors and weird stuff going on this week throughout Chiefs Kingdom, man, throughout the Chiefs organization in general. Uh, but we're going to cover all of that before we get to, you know, part three as we get going to weeks nine through 13. But, you know, technically there's a bye week in between there, so we won't really cover a bye week. So, but before we get into all that, um, I'd like to introduce to the top right hand corner is my guy Country, and the bottom of the screen is my guy Boogie. So, fellas, man, we got a lot to talk about. <laughs> Let's go and get through it, man. Uh, Let's go and get through this nonsense. Um, the latest in regards to Patrick Mahomes, uh, we had a former Patriots office lineman talking about uh, he got word that Patrick Mahomes told. Brittany and Jackson, which is the fiance and, and little brother, that they can't attend any more Chiefs games from here on out. I don't know if it was for next season or just the rest of this career. I don't know, but that's ridiculous as heck because Patrick Mahomes yesterday <laughs> had to deal with the nonsense going on when the cameras was on him and Brittany courtside at the Texas Tech-Baylor game. And, you know, Patrick had to come out and say that uh, people are weird. Love you, babe. And then Patrick, then Brittany said, I love you more. So, you know, it's just nonsense. So why it's just like why would Patrick tell Brittany and Jackson that after he said what he said on Twitter, man? It's just people are just being weird about their relationship, man. It's like they want him to be they want him to pull a Russell Wilson and have him find his own Sierra, man. I don't know. <laughs> what what you guys think about that, man? I'm start with you, bud. What you think about the nonsense in regards to that? It, it it's just crazy, man. I I I guess that's just what it is when you got that best quarterback now. But it's just, man, they wasn't on Brady like this, man. Like they is this shit is fucking. And one week, this shit, <laughs> one week, like this shit all summer with this shit. That this shit. Matter of fact, because remember last week they was talking about the picture was it Barstool? I think they was talking about he was uh he was enjoying Vegas. Oh, oh yeah, that was that was ridiculous like, too. I'm like every week is something like, man, he really is the face of the NFL now, man. It's crazy, but that's just it's ridiculous, bro. Like they 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 watching his every sentence, every word when he on the sideline. You don't know what they talking about. It, they just overblowing shit. It, it's it's crazy. It, I hope he don't leave KC because this type of shit. I know people say it'll happen anywhere, but. Man, Chiefs fans, they annoying as hell sometimes, man. That shit crazy. I don't know. Yeah. Country, what you got on this, man? Uh, I mean, I guess this is a price of fame. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a bit annoying. So I imagine if it's annoying for us, I, I, I know it's irritating to him and his family. Um I think they have to be more cautious of what they're doing out in the street. You know what I'm saying? So no incidents, no no drunk driving, no acting a fool in parties and all that stuff. You got to – I bet he probably went to them and said, yo, y'all got to chill. You know what I'm saying? Like no, no incidents, no restaurants and bars coming at us and we throwing shots on Twitter or – pouring water on people like okay y'all had y'all fun chill because he is the face of the nfl he is so everything he's doing 
It's going to be cameras. It's going to be attention. It's going to be people hating. It's going to be people loving them. You know what I'm saying? So you can't come back to Arrowhead is a bit harsh. Like, that's a bit much. I don't believe that. What, what did they do? Probably, huh? What was the incidents while people were even saying they can't come back, though? What was what happened? Oh, I think man. it was just like over the season stuff that was happening. But, it. I mean, Jackson is what, 21? Uh, Brittany is – Pat is 26. Oh, Brittany's about 24, 25. Bro, they young still. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't tell them just to be in the house and be robots. They not – they not like that, you know what I'm saying? And they not used to the spotlight either like that. Like, but I bet he told them, like, chill out, you know what I'm saying? No instance. We will stay away from the media. We're not going to invite no criticism, and we're not going to give no criticism. But as far as you can't go to the game, I don't, I don't think he ever said about like that. That's crazy. If Pat can put it down like that, then Pat is, Pat is a hell of a guy. <laughs> And tell his wife you can't go to the game. <laughs> that's ridiculous, man. I mean, that's that's like um, that's like Tony Romo and Jessica Simpson. Like Tony Romo never said that to Jessica Simpson, but you know, every time the Cowboys lost, they put the blame on Jessica Simpson or whatever. <laughs> it's like it's reaching that it's reaching those type of levels, and it's, it's just getting out of hand, man. Like that's kind of. Bro, that's where we at though. This that's society right now. That everything has to be monitored. Everything is being watched. Everything is being talked about, and especially on Twitter, it's always the negative of it. It's not the positive. It's not the the H HBCU thing he's doing, where he put money back into that, and they got their All Star game, and he put money into that. Nobody's talking about that. Right. All they talk about is Britney. Making funny faces at the game. Like, what are you supposed to do at the game? At least she's paying attention. And you know what I'm like, saying? say don't be paying attention at the game. <laughs> like, like, she was talking to a friend, dog. I think she was talking uh, to a friend or somebody she knew when she made no funny faces. They was having a conversation about something. Bro. Yeah, that's why she was making those faces. It's a bit much, bro. It's, it's starting. It's not LeBron level. And don't even start, Charles. It's not LeBron level. But... He might be top five right now. Like, most watched, most looked at, most dissected. Patrick Mahomes is in that conversation. It's not LeBron level because LeBron been there for 20 years, 15 years, and that's being generous. You know what I'm saying? So, year 19. This, this, might, be, this might be the lifestyle for him for the next 10 years. As long as he keep putting up numbers and winning, I don't care what he do. Long as he ain't getting in trouble, long as he ain't drunk driving and, and doing stupid stuff that, that's embarrassing. I mean, keep doing what we doing, bro. Yeah. Yeah, what's up, Kyle? Welcome back. But yeah, Kyle, I agree with yeah, you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, oh, yes. um, uh, safe travels to Kylie, man. She's going out of town. She's celebrating her anniversary. Happy anniversary to you and uh, uh, Nick, I think it's name. Or you and your guy. We ain't going to put your business out there. Uh, well, you already said, it. You you already said the guy's name, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just put his name. My bad, yeah, bro. You already bad. said it. You already said it, bro. But, yeah, happy, <laughs> happy anniversary to those two, man. Five years strong. You know, salute to them. Yeah, salute. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, bro, it's, it's crazy, bro. TMZ coming out saying, "Yo, nah, they didn't do that." You know what I'm saying? Like, who? How would you even know that? You have to be Jackson, Brittany, or Pat, to or his mom, or his dad, or whoever's in his inner circle to know that that they had a conversation, and Pat came to them like, "Yo, chill out." Like, how would you even get that information? Just like Kyle said, bar stool, man. <sighs> bar stool been on this. Show. Only thing, oh, only man. thing I like about bar school is Gilly the Kid and Wallow. That's it. Million dollars worth of game. The rest yeah. of that, who cares? That's that. That's just one story that we have to do with this. Week. Been a crazy week, man. Oh man, it doesn't stop there, man. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh get through this uh BS Airbnb article that we had to read that was all of a sudden deleted later on. But you know, I keep the info, you know what I'm saying? I keep the info, you know, because I knew it was gonna come to that point. Let me go get my popcorn, hold on. So, <laughs> so yeah, um, you know, shout out the one underscore cheese kingdom. Um you know, these guys, they ran the Save Our Chiefs account at the time when uh, Pioli and Ty Haley and Matt Castle were here, and they was running the franchise into the ground. And, you know, I was rocking with those guys during that time because it was hell. <laughs> those times were hell. Like, we had that one playoff appearance, but after that, man, it turned into an ugly 2-14 and season, and it reached a breaking point. Like, look, man, Pioli got to go. Matt Castle can't be our quarterback anymore. Scott Pioli, he ain't, he's not the guy for – the job to be the GM, but besides all that, they go through their little introduction during this article and everything about how they get their sources and the information. You know, they got um, they know people that work inside of Arrowhead Stadium, all this other stuff. But the first thing that point, the first thing that stood out to me was that um, you know when Airbnb gone through his interviews, he said there's no racism involved as to why he's not getting hired. You know, they saying Airbnb rushed his interviews and it's more performance based. Which I think is nonsense. I'm sorry, but the, you've seen all the stuff that's gone on with since Brian Flores came out and trying to sue the NFL now. You know, the, the number of black coaches is now down to two. And Mike Tom was like the only real black coach, really, because Lovey Smith, let me tell you guys this. He ain't that type of brother, man. He's a different type of brother. And that's what I heard from residents in Chicago. People that I know in Chicago. So take that for what it's worth. But anyway, um, hey, Chuck, not, hold on, Chuck. A and B enemy interview with the Saints for eight hours, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Go yep, ahead. it happened. And then, and and at the end of the day, they felt like Dennis Allen had the better plan. But Dennis Allen, he's eight and twenty-eight overall as a head coach. You know, two, four, and twelve seasons. Started out zero four in his third season before he got fired in week five. But he has a better plan. I know he's been there for a while, but he has a better plan. But Anyway, so yeah. Um, after that, you know, they go into <laughs> uh, Chris. Uh, <laughs> I'm not about to go. It, I'm oh. not about to say all that. I'm not I didn't read the whole that, comment. My <laughs> but, uh, just no, just no, bro. Anyway, um, Airbnb signed. A, they go into Airbnb signed a one year deal, a one year extension after the Super Bowl, Super Bowl Fifty Five loss. Um, you know these. Like he added, they added responsibility, you know, according to this little contract, you know, saying Airbnb has more control of the play calling and, you know, he's got added responsibility and all that. Um, but my thing is this, though, 
they they said that his demeanor changed after that, but there might be some truth to that because you don't want to be just have a one year extension after that. You want to you want to make sure you have that security moving forward. You know what I mean? And um, and I don't know, man. Like we we're not we're not in the locker rooms every day. You know, we don't have access like that and everything. But at the end of the day, EB's always been like this old school tough guy. Anyway, you know what I mean? He's there to try to help you improve as a football player, help you become the best football player possible and not necessarily, you know, be a friend. He'll be cool with you, but he wants to get the best out of you as a football player. Um, anyway, you know, they go into this whole, you know, AB talking about Mahomes being a p- competitive prick, you know, saying his little quotes about that, which was all positive. You know what I mean? He was saying how Patrick Mahomes wants to always be the best, wants to improve his game and everything. So that's what you want out of, the, uh, out of your best players, you know, just to get better every day and get better year by year. So, but it, the things reared his ugly head in the 2020 regular season, um, you know, between Eric Bieniemy, Andy Reid, and Patrick Mahomes, they had disagreements with the game plan, you know, in certain games. And then all of a sudden, you know, it just reared his, it just reared his ugly head, like from time to time. Uh, you know, the helmet, they said the helmet got chaotic and everything. And uh, there, and that was part of the reason why the Chiefs, after they little first 15 plays or whatever, that's why they was that's part of the reason why they kept stalling, you know, here and there on certain drives. But despite all of that, the Chiefs still put up, you know, top five offense and numbers and everything. They still was one of the best teams at AFC. Hold on, let's but, break down the first part. Let's break down the part a little bit before you get too far. Okay. Um, him signing a one year deal. And then coming back frustrated. That's the part I, I think is true because I I feel like who wouldn't be frustrated after you interviewed at that point, what, 10 times or, or 12 times? And you keep getting passed over. So and and you've seen, you seen that, well, he don't call plays. Well, Nagy didn't call plays. Peterson didn't call plays. You know what I'm saying? Like, see all these other lesser individuals that don't have near the resume that you have getting hired. So if he came in that next year frustrated, isn't he a human? You know what I'm saying? Wouldn't you be frustrated if I've been working at my job 10 years and then the new guy off the street not only um, comes in and takes my job, but now he's getting promoted before me? And we doing the same type of we doing the same thing and putting out the same production. We should put out the same quality of work, but I've been doing it longer. You know what I'm saying? So frustration that part, I understand that, and I agree with that. I agree that part is probably true. Um, Eric Berry was calling plays after the first 15. We've been asking all year, what's the difference between the first 15 and the rest of the game? Now. Even if he was calling the plays, which he might have been calling the plays, which a lot of people say he would never call in the plays, right? So if he was calling the plays, you got to give him the the respect of the success of those plays, and then you got to look at the execution of those plays. It don't matter. I can call the the best play ever. If you don't execute it, it don't matter. You mm-hmm. feel me? So that's another thing. What's the third part? The um, what was we okay? Go ahead, because I just wanted to talk about those points before we get too far down the road and we forget. Oh no, we're, no, you're good, bro. Um, yeah, we we we've um 
we've all wondered, like, you know, which part of the game EB calls and which part of it is Andy Reid's. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, Andy Reid's the head coach. You know, he can override some stuff. You know what I mean? We right. just don't know. We just don't know the exact percentage of plays that EB calls or the exact percentage of plays that Andy Reid calls. But I think for the first fifteen, it's got to be Andy Reid. You know, uh, just based on his um, his resume, his cachet, and everything. So, but but look, look. Even on that though, the first fifteen, if we believe what Andy says, it's a combination of Reid, EB, Kafka. Who else was involved in that? Uh, probably they told they like it was collective, right? You feel sure what I'm Pat, saying? Sure, Pat has some input too, and, and sure, Pat has some input in that too. So, even that ain't totally at, at the end of the day. Some fans believe it's always Andy Reid, it's 100% Andy Reid. That's what fans have led us to believe. So, and to find out that it's not just all Andy Reid. Which it shouldn't be. Like he shouldn't be doing everything. Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? But I mean that's another point. So I kind of believe that. I don't believe that he had total a hundred percent calling of the plays, but I believe he was involved in the setup in the game plan. So all right, let's go. Next point. All right. So they so we go into uh this season. Um this article mentioned how the Chiefs started out poorly in twenty twenty one. You know, we all seen that the defensive schemes were, you know, misaligned, cats were in the wrong spots, uh, Mahomes and EB not getting along. You know, it really really this ugly head after the Bills lost. You know, they uh, got to arguments after that. And I, and I believe him, those two, and Mike Kafka had a meeting, and Airbnb got on Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if it was about a certain play or a certain throw he made, but, you know, um, Andy, I guess Andy Reid might have overheard and had to break those guys up or whatever. Um, after that, Mike Castle got involved with the game plan after that. Um, after that, it just – the offense still didn't click all the way, but it was it was making little bitty, little bitty strides, you know what I mean? There were certain moments to where you felt like the offense was going to start humming again, and eventually did. Okay, um, so – all right, so to break down that point, offense wasn't clicking right. Mm-hmm. Okay, mind you, we just got a completely new offensive line. At that point, it was Liang was new, uh, Tony was new, Brown was new, Trey was a rookie, and Creed was a rookie. So yeah, everybody was new. We didn't expect them to come out dominating. You know what I'm saying? They were not the line that the line that we finished with is not the line we started with. That's, that's okay. So that's okay. I believe that too. So it's frustration with the line and how they playing. They're young. They got to jail. They got to come together. It's frustration with the plays. This is the point that I, I that that wasn't brought up. Do you think it was too many people on the in the headset? Should have been. It if it shouldn't be E B Kafka Reed all talking in it. You know you feel what I'm saying? Like that's confusing. Like if if if. If if Chuck is running to play and me and Boogie in there, like yo, run left, white, blue, blue, right, two, Z flag. You know what I'm saying? Like we at the same time and we only got 15 seconds. You gonna be on the field, like, bro? What? You know? You feel me? Like, do that? Did that raise an eyebrow to you? Because that raised an eyebrow to me. Like, maybe it's too many people in the headset. 
Yeah, but Low Radar just said it in the comments. He said too many cooks in the kitchen. So yeah, you're exactly. on point with yeah. that. Um, so yeah, that. so yeah, like um in the NFL, they're normally supposed to uh, normally only one head coach or one coach in general is allowed to go into the headset, but the NFL don't really check for that. So right. Okay, so, yeah, that's so chaotic. Let me let me ask y'all right now. So far, where we at? What part do y'all feel like Eric Berry, Eric, Eric Berry, <laughs> Eric the enemy is wrong? Have y'all taken up to this point to where you at? How do you feel? Do you feel like the enemy is in the wrong at this point? Um, I mean, I I don't think he's in the wrong, man. I think I think EB is just. I mean, the whole lashing out to Mahomes, I don't know how serious it got and everything, but I think BNB was just showing uh, Patrick what he needed to correct on, and they had a little disagreement, whatever, and it just boiled up. You know what I mean? I think EB was just really just trying to coach Mahomes up in that situation. So Okay, okay, fair. But you know what? After the Buffalo game, me and Bucky got into it and was yelling and had to be separated, right? Yeah. Everybody was frustrated after that game. Yeah, they should have been, right? Exactly. You know, I, I haven't, and to this point, when you breaking down this article, I haven't seen anything that Eric Eric the enemy is wrong about yet. We'll see. We'll see if we get there. But we all were mad after the Buffalo game. We should have been. I'm glad the coach was mad after the Buffalo game. Yeah, that's to me. That shit's normal, man. I mean, they gonna be getting it. I mean, this shit's not gonna be perfect. It's a job too, bro. I mean, right? A stressful job. Like everybody too. is just best friends, the offensive coordinator and the quarterback. I mean, <laughs> if they got into it a couple times during the year, so what? To me, I mean, Bill yeah. O'Brien was getting into it with Tom Brady. What? He went and got a job after that, right? Yeah. And apparently, Bruce Arias is getting to it with Tom Brady. That's led to help Tom Brady retire. I don't know if that's true or not. That's just the rumor. But all right, go ahead, bro. <laughs> yeah, because like, um, like during a little during a Super Bowl championship run, uh, during the bye week, you know, Tom Brady had to real pat Bruce Arians in and like, look, like I can't be throwing deep all the time. You know, I'm forty. I'm over forty years yep. old. We got to run some of this Patriots stuff. You know what I mean? If you want to be successful, you want this ring, you got to run some of this stuff moving forward. And made. So there we go. All right. So after that, um, the Chiefs got on a little roll. Um, the, the Sunday night game in Las Vegas comes up. Andy Reid told the NBC production team allegedly that to cut down EB's camera time because I guess during the week, Airbnb might have gotten to it with a player or a coach. They didn't this, this article didn't specify, you know, the player or the coach or anything, but it was like another incident involving E B. So anyway, after that, um it goes into this article goes into Chiefs fans who have attended games on the road or in Arrowhead Stadium. They've noticed, you know, whenever uh Patrick Mahomes goes to the sideline and he chops it over E B you know, they get they get into it about certain plays and whatnot. And they wonder why those two aren't getting along. So I found that to be interesting. And and it's and, and it goes back to what we said earlier, you know, mention, you know, families they fight. You know what I mean? Families fight all the time. You know, I'm sure each one of us 
have got into it with like our sibling or like got into a disagreement with our parents, you know what I mean? Even though they discipline our asses at the worst. But you know, it, those type of things happen. Uh, now, how frequent it was, um, this article maybe seemed like it, it was more frequent than what it has been in the past. But anyway, as we. Wait, okay, but hold on, hold on. We, we got the Tom Brady throwing the laptop incident. Yep. Yep. I, I was watching NFL today, and they had the one where Peyton Manning and Jeff Saturday they got into it. You just block, block. That's yep. what you do. And they was arguing yep. and, and all that stuff. Like, that's normal. Tom Brady got into it with Josh McDaniels all the time. I, I'm still I'm trying to figure out what he did wrong. To this point, to this point, all this stuff sounds like a human who cares about football and is passionate. Okay, go ahead. Yep, exactly. And um, I'm gonna get into that later on. You know, get into his passion and everything um, about the mislabeling in regards to him. But um, but uh, but as the article continues, there was a there was a source from an unnamed family member of a of one of the Chiefs players. They said that they claimed that most of the players tune out EB due to him not accepting feedback from players, uh, which is part of the reason why he hasn't been hired as a head coach, which I still believe that's nonsense, um, in my opinion. And then, and then, like, EB has a little temperament, too, you know. But some of these other coaches – but here's my, here's my thing with EB's temperament. You, you hear about these white head coaches, mainly the ones that are successful, they have temperament. They show some temper and they don't really point that out. They point it out like it's just normal. You know what I mean? It's your normal coaching, your normal head coaching, all that stuff. But when it comes to like the black head coaches, when he shows a little passion or whatever, it's like, oh, he's an angry black man. You know, he's the, he's the, he's, uh, he's got a bad attitude and all that other stuff. But that's besides the point, man. Um, this article continues. It talks about, it talks a little bit about his interview with the Denver Broncos, the GM asked EB about a certain situation that involved him and the team, like on the sidelines and stuff. And like his answer allegedly got removed from consideration, but, um, what's it? Um, I forgot his name, man. Um, Albright. Yeah. Albright. Okay. So yeah, Ben Albright. Uh, he, he, defused, he defused that situation real quick. He was like, it was not true. It was made up and everything. So, um, but, now we go into the nine second sequence right before the half of the AFC Championship game. Um, before we before we get there, uh, the only problem I see so far is if he doesn't take input from his players, that that's a problem. That that that's not a good trait for a head coach. But to counter that argument, EB, do we have time to run Wasp? That, that, that sounds like input from a player. You feel me? You know right, what I'm saying? Right. So, right. Or, or, you know what I'm saying? Travis Kelsey changing the play in the Buffalo game. That sounds like input from players. You, you feel what I'm saying? So, I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. Let's get to the let's get to the meat and potatoes of this whole thing. <laughs> no, I'm glad you pointed those examples out because I looked at that. I'm like, um, okay. I don't know. I don't think that's all the way true either because of those examples you just mentioned right there. Um, maybe sometimes he he probably be like, nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. But I appreciate your input or 
You know, and, what I mean? and to be fair, I think we all seen that. Either call the player, or I will. We seen that moment. I, I think it was a Denver game. Yep. It might have been a Denver game. Yep. So we have seen that moment. So do we know why he said that? Is it because of the issues in the headset, or? But we know Andy Reid always got bad clock management, bro. Like for his career, we know he he's had a problem with that. So I mean. Yeah. Yep. So. Yep. Exactly. So AFC title game where it all came to a head, I guess. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the nine second sequence before the half for halftime. Uh, you know, we was rolling. You know, what I mean, we was scoring pretty much every time we got the ball, up until up until that point. Now, this is when things got a little chaotic. Okay, so there was like five different Airbnb and Andy Reid had like five plays to choose from. You know what I mean? When it was nine seconds left. And um, right when it got down to five seconds, you know, there, there was I think there was some confusion with as far as like the timeouts. Uh, Patrick Mahomes thought there was a timeout left. This article claims that EB told Patrick Mahomes he had a timeout left. And he was like, you know, you run this play, kick the field goal, whatever. And this article also claimed that Andy Reid did not call did not call those plays. But if I'm not mistaken, Andy Reid said after the game that, he sent. He may have sent sent in the wrong play to Patrick or whatever. So, um, I'm I'm a hard time believing that Eb had full control in that situation. So long long story short, um, the the play fails. You know, Patrick swings it out to Tyreek Hill, comes up short, uh, no timeouts left. So um, after that, um, Tyreek Hill, you see Tyreek Hill as he walks to the locker room. You hear the audio on NFL film saying. Man, we got to get points in that situation, you know, frustrated and everything. And then, uh, according to this article, Mahomes and EB get into an argument in the locker room. You know what I'm saying? I guess it's like a little shout match or whatever. You know, Andy Reid and coaches have to break that up. And then also – but then I also see, like – I see, like, one of the comments on Twitter saying that this guy claims that he knows somebody that was in the Chiefs locker room, claims that the locker room was really just fine. Like, it wasn't no big spat. But – as you clearly watch the game, when the second half began, you see the sideline was completely – had completely different demeanor, man. Like, Cass was just looking like zombies, looking dead. Like, you could just kind of tell that something had happened in the locker room after we had we didn't get no points at the halftime. Like, well, you didn't McCall see that. When Tyreek got into it on the sidelines, that was – it was ugly, bro. Something happened. Yep, and then you didn't see – you didn't see Patrick Mahomes be the leader that he usually is because – you because you, you remember the Detroit game when we got to a rough start and we kept putting the ball on the turf, and then there's a sound by him, like you know, telling the guys to settle down. You know, we could do something special, just do your part, you know, one play at a time. You know, typical Patrick Mahomes, right? Right, he gets out of his guys, you know what I mean? Um, didn't we have saw one none of, those of that. We, we saw did not none of that. Those speeches this game, did we? No, we saw none of that from Patrick, man. Patrick's just looking all. Just looking all down, just like I don't know, man. It was ridiculous. Um, so, so here's my problem. Pat got to know if the play's not there. Who I blame the person that didn't know we lost that timeout on the challenge. That person needs to be held accountable. If that was Ev, 
he needs to be held accountable. If that was Andy Reid, he needs to be held accountable because Patrick clearly didn't know we didn't have no timeouts because he called timeout immediately after Tyreek was tackled. Well, he should so, get held accountable too, right? He should know too. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yep. All three of them should know in that situation we don't have any timeouts. I think in that play, Pat should know that's not going to work. I'm going to throw it away. We only got five seconds. You should be aware of time and place, place and field and what down you want. He should know all that. You know what I'm saying? So the play didn't work. I just don't get, even if they got into a shout match, football, emotions, passion, that happens. I'm looking a little shaky at Andy Reid for not squashing that and getting it back on the field. You gotta squash that and get no. We did not have a we did not have a timeout, Caleb. We lost the timeout because we called a timeout before the challenge. We won the challenge. We were not given the timeout back, so we did lose the timeout. But this is this is my problem with with Andy, Eb, and and Pat. Just because you got into it in the locker room, bro, don't mean we got a whole nother half of football left. Whole thirty minutes, we dominate this game. Okay, we didn't score at halftime. We should be up 24 or whatever, but you know what I'm saying? We still in control of this game. Let's keep this going. Let's not get too crazy. But whatever outburst it was, and then they say one of the linemen stood up and addressed the team, and I don't know where yeah. that's coming from. You know what I'm saying? So it's yeah. a lot of things. It's possible. Because when I heard it, I was like, that's not like Tony. It was, it was a quiet dude that normally never talked, and then he decided to stand up and adjust. That's not like him. You know what I'm saying? So, but even that. then, bro, we had a whole half of the game left. Yeah. You got to shake that off, baby. You can't be uh, – because that makes Pat sound sensitive. Yeah, That man. took you out of the game, bro. You yeah. feel me? Yeah. Uh, we were down 24 to what in Houston? And Pat had a big old speech. We've all seen the speech. We He talked to everybody on the bench. Go out and do what you do. They're going to talk and they're going to say all this stuff. We're going to go out and do what we do every single play. It was none of that. Where was that speech at? We needed it. Yeah. It was just strange, bro. It was, it was, it was all the way strange. Game. It was a weird game. And, and, but yeah. and, go ahead, bro. I'm sorry, bro. It's just but, there's so many pieces of this thing that you can dissect. Some of I believe most of this, I believe most of the article. It's just some things just sound like nah. And then some things concern me, like you got y'all got into it enough, and he said enough to make you so mad that you didn't want to play for the rest of the game. What do you do? Talk about your mama? That, that don't sound good. It don't. And like once I get through all this, man, I'm definitely gonna go in on each party in regards to this, man. Cause oh, go ahead, it. bro. I'm slowing you down. Go ahead, bro. I'm all bad. Nah, you good, man. Um, but you know, but you know what? I want to laugh real quick, cause uh <laughs> 
you remember the you remember the sequence we just talked about with uh Andy E. B. Kafka and Pat Mahomes as far as like the chaoticness with the helmets, his darkness. <laughs> this was a funny ass tweet, man. He said, Andy, call the T D play. EB's like, nah, nil it. Kafka's like, shit, shit, I left the oven on. Mahomes is like, it's pronounced Jif. <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> He was mocking. He was mocking that whole sequence with the helmet, you know, helmet yeah. communication and stuff. That was another that was crazy thing. That's a, that goes back to the point. Like, why, why is Kafka in the mic and Andy and Eb and Pat? All the, that's too many people in the mic. That's too many people. Way, way too much, man. Way too many people. Somebody come to hear you, Otis. Okay, so. <laughs> Okay, so like uh during that second half, um Airbnb basically had a my way or the highway moment in regards to calling plays in the second half. But my thing is this in the second half, E B called some plays in which I saw McCole Hartman get open like about let's say three times. Um I can forgive me if I got the number wrong, but three times I saw McCall McCole Hartman get open and Patrick Mahomes didn't hit him. You know what I mean? Or didn't see him, which is very odd. Normally, Patrick Mahomes don't make those mistakes or misreads like that. It was very odd. It's, it, it, he, it's odd. It's like, he, it's like he went back to what he was doing throughout the, the throughout the first seven weeks of the season. It was very strange. Um, but after that, man. So I got I just, one I just, more point on that, too, bro. They said, well, EB came and he was calling plays for D-Rob and stuff. Okay. When 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 a read play, how many Andy Reid plays have one option on them? Uh, not many, I, right? Yeah, and if any, D. Rob could be your number one option, but I know Tyree got to be an option. Travis needs to be an option. You know what I'm saying? If he's not blocking or depending on the scheme, but I doubt that you run in plays where Demarcus Robinson is the only option. On the play. Well, it sure seemed like when, th- when Patrick threw that interception in the second half, like the first one, because D-Rod was the target on that play, and he was clearly double covered. So it's, it's, it's cool that he's the target, but that don't mean you got to throw to him. Right. I don't but have no problem with him being the target. And then Pat, Pat scrambles, like, you know, run your drill. You know what you do, what you do. He just wasn't himself in that second half, bro. Pat wasn't himself, but, man, the enemy, my problem with his play calling in that game was he wasn't running the ball. Like, that was on the enemy. He should have ran the ball, man. Here's my thing. Go ahead. And that's the thing with that. I feel like EB wants to run the ball. Like, he's, he's a former running back. He's a running back coach for numerous teams. Like, I don't get how a running back coach would want to Pass the ball like like that in the second half. That's why I feel like a lot of that play call in the second half. I feel like it was Andy Reid because we don't seen this numerous times from Andy Reid back in Philly when he had Brian Westbrook, Deuce Staley, Corel Buckhalter, you name it in the backfield. And there was times in the NFC Championship games where Andy should have been running the ball, but he didn't. You know, he had he tried to he tried to have McNabb bring it home with his arm, and it get, and it got predictable. And that's what you saw and, on this, and that's what you saw in this game. And 
the rumor there was a rumor out there that was floated that Matt Kafka, Mike Kafka, was in charge of the pass plays. So yeah, were we trying to put Kafka on display, which is which is cool. Well, we're trying to put him on display so he can do what he did and go to New York or put him on display where he's going to be the OC next year. Was that was that a part of the puzzle, too? Like, bro, we ain't going to never get the truth. And this is why I tweeted that, bro. I think fans are entitled. I think we want to know everything. This is the age of social media, bro, where you've got to break everything down. You don't have to be aware of everything that goes on front, back of the camera, all that. We we don't have to know all that, bro. We're not – you don't pay enough on your season tickets to know all that, bro. I'm sorry. I know you love your season tickets. I'm not talking to you, Boogie, specifically. I'm talking in general. Nobody pays enough season ticket money to be knowing all the plays. You feel me? The only person that need to know everything is Clark Hunt. At the end of the day, and his brothers and sisters, and whoever in charge of the team, it's not on you, fan. I don't need to tell you, fan. You just a fan. Be a fan, bro. I don't have to tell you what I did that for. Andy Reid could come out right now and say, yeah, we're moving on from Eric B. Enemy. See y'all next week. You don't have to explain why he's moving on from Eric Bieniemy, but as a fan, we gotta know. We gotta know. But yeah, we lost me, that game. That's I gotta know this. why we lost that game. No, you don't. That's what I mean. make this what's the name even worse though. Because why why couldn't they just let him leave without this type of smear campaign? And and that's my problem. That's the only problem I have with the article. Because I, I believe, and we've talked about, we've, we've discussed on here and off here, I think Mac Nagy's going to be the new OC. Period. You know what I'm saying? I think they're going to hire him in within the next few weeks, next few days, next hour. Who cares? If you were already going to do that, there's no need to release this and make that man look bad on the way out, bro. That's the only disagreement I have. Some of it's true. It's a, it's a lot of information. Who knows whether it's 100% true. I don't think it's 100% true. It might be 70% true. But if if the Chiefs already made their decision, it sounds like they said it in the article, we going with Matt Nagy. Why wouldn't you let that man walk out with his head high? Now he got to walk out with that black crowd over his head, bro. And that's wrong. That's that's my problem with the thing, the timing of it, bro. We didn't have to know all this. You can you can see it. We can see it on the field. If you're a smart fan, you already knew what was going on. You can see you can see Pat wasn't playing like Pat. You can see the 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 blowups on the sideline. Him and Travis got into it earlier this season. Him and Pat got into it. McCole and Tyreek got into it. It happens, bro. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's what I agree with Boogie completely, bro. They did not have to uh what they call it, sully his name. So <laughs> pun intended. They had the dirtiest name on the way out. You feel me? Like it wasn't necessary, bro. Yep. Which on all that, man. So yeah. Hold on, go back to uh, Big Spelly's uh, comment. <laughs> 
That's another point. Did eventually? Yeah, I mean, yes and no. Um, I just, I just felt like uh, the opportunity presented itself when Dabo got hired to be the Giants' head coach. Um, they were still looking for office coordinator. They still trying to rebuild their coaching staff because they had fired Jason Garrett in the middle of the season. So they needed an office coordinator, and the opportunity presented itself. And th- Mike Kafka is familiar with the division, so I think it's weird because it, it seemed like he was a shoe in to be offensive coordinator after the enemy's contract ran up. We said, that "Oh, that was good. They was yeah. grooming him for that." We said, that "Yeah, that was the plan." Year. We knew he was going. It was the, the plan. The enemy didn't get re-signed, and he still left. Soon as he got the opportunity, he left. Yeah, that's funny. But we we thought not only Kafka was going to be the OC one day, possibly Kafka was going to be the man one day after Andy Reid stepped down. Not only was he going to be the OC, he was he, we, they was preparing him for the big seat. So what that tell but you? I think, I think that what Kafka did was smart. He got from under this umbrella, and he go out there. If he go out there and make Daniel Jones a star, he's going to be a head coach somewhere. Yeah. Within the next two years. Easily. Well, man, that's a tall task with Daniel Jones, though. (laughs) Hey, bro, that make it even better. If I can make Danny Dobbs into a star. You got a point. You got a point, brother. Hell, I'll hire him if he makes <laughs> I'll hire him then, Yeah, bring him back, baby. <laughs> but, as we, uh, but as we wind this down, um, you know, BNB, BNB said he was trying to get the ball more in Clyde Edwards' hilarious hands in the second half, uh, rather than Jared McKinnon, in which I kind of disagree with that, to be honest, because uh, McKinnon just added, just added a little more pop to the offense during the postseason, but at the same time, Clyde did his thing too. But uh, Clyde was giving up too, though. King game, huh? Clyde was giving up too. Clyde was the one. I know. I said that. I know. I said that. But I felt like, but McKinnon brings a little more explosiveness <laughs> to the offense. You know what okay. I mean? So, so they go into that, and like, and after, and of course, after the game, whatever. Um, you know, we get to we're here now with with Andy Reid and EB. You know, meeting up and stuff, or they're gonna meet up to try to make this decision or whatever. Um, at the end of, at the end of this article, you know, it says um, that Eric Bieniemy has an image problem that he has to work on, and it says that but best for both parties to go separate ways. Um, EB has to work on his temperament and all that, and. To conclude the article, it says uh, basically the lack of leadership and poor attitude led to the Chiefs coming up short this year. And how that's, that's did, basically the article. How did this article article contribute to him, his image? Uh, you, just about- another, you just threw another pile of dirt on his image by releasing this article. Yeah, they brought up his, they brought up his, they brought up his past, you know, at Colorado with the the criminal charges or whatever, you know. Which I mean? was in no secret though. Everybody right. We, we know about that. Yeah, it's I think it was terrible timing. I think they was calling this meeting 
so Andy Reid can let this man walk out with his head up high and still looking like he's capable of doing what he's doing. He can go somewhere, get under another thing, just and develop his own thing. He can get from under that umbrella, finally get some credit for what he was doing. But y'all just ruined that. Yep. And like and now that I've gone through this entire article, I gotta say this, man. What they did to Airbnb in this article was just it's straight bullshit. I just got I just gotta straight say that. It's straight bullshit. It's straight bullshit how he was betrayed <laughs> in this article, man. Like like they made him out to be the scapegoat, like it was just his fault only and him only. And like I mentioned earlier, we done seen this type of stuff with Andy Reid as in regards to team his teams coming up short. Like we mentioned earlier, he doesn't run the ball enough. And even if you do get rid of Airbnb, you're going to run to the same issues because at the end of the day, when, when Andy Reid's in a situation where he needs to run the ball, he's not going to do it. And there's going to be times when the team will come up short as a result of that. And, and I felt like Andy Reid showed a lack of leadership during that AFC Championship game, like you mentioned, country. Um, and I agree with you on that. Like, he showed a lack of leadership. Like, dude, you're the head coach, man. Like, even, even, if, even if you got – this contractional um, agreement with EB as far as like play calling and stuff. You the head honcho. You you have the power to overrule this type of stuff. You know what I mean? You have the power to change up a play if you feel like you don't like the call and stuff. You know what I mean? And as the head coach, you got to show better leadership, man. That leadership was terrible, dude. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. You got to you gotta be a better example. You got to show a better example of leadership moving forward, dude, because if you're not going to change your ways, man, you've been in the league for like 30 years, 30 plus years total between the assistant coach, quarterback coach, and head coach. Like, you should know better by now. But you're going to continue to continue to do the same things, man. You might as well retire, man. You might as well just go ahead and retire and just let somebody else take this thing over. You know? I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> nah, but I, I'm, yeah. I'm just saying. I'm uh, just you saying. And then, and then um and I also want to point this out. Um Tyreek Hill, he um he came out and said what he said about Airbnb. He said all these people clowning on EBs like this he's one of the best coaches in the buildings. And uh Travis Kelsey agreed and he retweeted his tweet. Um but I, but I saw that Patrick Holmes didn't retweet his tweet. I'm not gonna try to look into that deeply, you know what I mean? Because I do remember uh, Travis Kelsey interviewed Patrick Mahomes back in training camp. It was like a little fake interview, whatever. I guess they was taking a little break or something. And Travis Kelsey asked him, like, if there was a best friend that you had to pick from this team, who would it be? And Patrick Mahomes said, Eric Bieniemy. So I don't know what happened from that point on to during the season until now, but I don't know, man. Like, at the end of the day, I got to say this about Patrick Mahomes, man, and some of these players in the NFL in general. Like, I'm tired of the coddling. I'm tired of the coddling of these athletes today, man. Like, I feel like it just feels to me, it felt like Patrick Mahomes was having a hard time taking criticism at times, man. Because as great as Patrick has been, he's had a lot of success and everything. He's been out to a good start in his career. But that doesn't mean you're a finished product, my guy. Like, there are still some things that you need to work on. Like, you still got to work on being stronger in the pocket. Because in that AFC Championship game, you went back to – trying to roll out and scramble and doing too much, man. Like, there was times where you could have been stronger in the pocket 
making some of those throws that you missed, and we could have been back in the Super Bowl. So you gotta put so you gotta take some blame too, my guy. You know what I mean? So you gotta get in the lab in the offseason, work on being stronger in the pocket, you know, and just and get back to being that leader that you that you was previously, man. Like at the end of the day, you can't let the little criticism or whatever went on in the locker room affect you all of a sudden in the middle of a game. Especially in the AFC Championship game, a big game like that. That's a bad time. For you to have your worst half of football in your NFL career, that was the worst time to have it. And you got to own it to that, my guy. So, I, uh, I have a point about that EB thing. It's like uh, Jamal Charles did that interview on 810, and he said EB pushed him every day. Like he thought he thought he hated him. He thought they, they were going to go to blows one time. He, did he say he tried to get him fired? I think I think he said he tried to get him fired. But he said at the end of the day, he wanted what was best for me, and he made me give my best. You know what I'm saying? So, and even even I don't think Pat hate EB. I'm, it's nah, bro. We've seen too much footage over the years to feel like that. If that was all the front, then Pat need to get into acting too, because he's a hell of an actor. You know what I'm saying? So. I don't know, bro. It's going to be a situation. I think it's best for EB to leave, go find another job, finally get the credit that he deserved, and, and and build his own thing. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. It, it, we never going to get over that loss. You know what I'm saying? But who, at this point, bro, what are you going to do? But Pat got to get stronger mentally because if if me yelling on you made you go out and lose the AFC title game, that's a problem. That's a big problem. Because I'm not going to stop yelling on you because you got to get better. And you know you got to get better, bro. You know that. You the face of the league, bro. You can't rest on your laurels. And I think he got woke up this year because that was an embarrassing loss. In the biggest game, uh, well, not the biggest game, but the second biggest game, and that was an embarrassing loss. So I think that he, he, Pat going to be on this game next year, whether it's EB, whether it's Matt Nagy, whether it's Greg Lewis or whoever they want to bring in, Pat going to be on this game next year. But they got to fix that that mental thing. He got to get stronger at that, bro. You got to be able to kill that outside noise as soon as you get on the field. That was what Michael Jordan said. My favorite place to be was on the court. That's the only time I had peace. That's the only time people want to ask for autographs and pictures and kiss my baby and all that stuff was on the court. So Pat needs to find that peace on the field. Shouldn't nothing affect that. You cut all that other stuff out. I don't care. Jackson doing TikToks on the top of the stadium. I don't care. And Brittany is uh, throwing Crystal and, and, and Rose on all the fans. That shouldn't mean nothing to you on the field. That's cool. They, they act a fool out here in these streets. But on the field, that's on you, bro. Got to be on you. Yep. Let's get into these games, man. <laughs> I feel like Boogie has something to say. Go ahead, Boogie. I'm sorry. Real quick. No, I'm with you. I think it's best for Bianca me to leave. I think it's best for both of us. I I think Mahomes might be feeling some type of way that uh Nagy left. I mean not Nagy uh Kafka left though. 
I do think I, I don't know if you you said you don't think stars should be getting cuddled, coddled like that, but you got to make sure he feel good at the end of the day. He is your five hundred million dollar guy, so you you gonna make him feel good. I wonder if they get somebody now since they just had somebody that had the relationship with him. What type of coordinator are they gonna bring in? We saying Nagy, him and Nagy got a pretty good relationship though, so hopefully that work out. But also, like you said, I think that the people that uh that made that that story about EB. Was it save our friend? What is it? Uh, yeah, um, Chief editorial board, or it, what, what, what's the whole name? It was yeah, save our franchise, though, right? I, I yeah, yeah, it was, it was save our chiefs. It was save our chiefs. They have had some credible stuff back in the day, and I do remember yeah. that uh, yeah, that Willie Gay story. Yeah, when he when he got hurt, they they just said a couple things, but they I was all over that. the Tyreek story too. Yep. So they didn't have uh, some shit. Way before I, I people would just so. throw them under the bus like that. But I, I do think it kind of was a little smear campaign. I don't like how they with Eric with uh be going through this stuff already. I, I don't like them coming out with that, but it is what it yeah. is, though. They didn't put in some work though. They they yeah. put in some good work for real. Shout out, I mean, shout out to them. You know, I, I didn't necessarily agree with all the timing and all that stuff, but they do. Put in some good work, bro. It's like I ain't gonna throw them all. Yeah, like you said, not throwing them all the way under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dory's not feeling that. <laughs> I know. But, we talked about it. <laughs> but yeah, my thing is this, man. I just, I just feel like in this current climate, man, they don't want the black coaches to be to be strong like that. You know what I mean? They, they want black coaches to be. They don't want black coaches to be docile. I just, I just want, I just gonna say that real quick. Like they, they really trying to prevent. They really just trying to lessen um, that type of coach from, from our realm. You know what I mean? And like Tony Dungy, he brought this up in an article on Pro Football Talk. He was saying like how there needs to be changes in regards to the hiring process. And like at the, and he was talking about how the ring rule needs adjustments and all that. You know what I mean? Um, at the end of the day, you're not gonna get an owner to change his mind on you know hiring a minority coach but I feel like I feel like if you have a good enough resume you know what you're doing and you know football in general I mean that should make you qualify enough to get hired and another another coach that was supposed to get hired uh Byron Leftwich he was supposed to get the Jaguars job but he didn't because he wanted full control of his team like he wanted he wanted like his own GM and stuff and I feel like I feel like this is the deal with Eric Bieniemy too, as far as like what he went through in the hiring process. Um, it's it seems like it's an issue with black coaches when they want that control, but with the white coaches, it's okay for them to have that type of control. You know, it's like as far as like having their own GM and stuff like that. So, you know, I just wanted to get that off real quick. Um, hey, last point, we can move on. I'm over black coaches. I don't want no more black coaches. I don't care. I want black GMs. Black front offices, black presidents, and black owners. Then the rest of that stuff will shake itself out. I'm all, I'm over. We don't have enough black coaches. Hey, bro, the old guys, the old boy network, they never gonna. It's never gonna be fair, bro. It's never gonna be fair. We need to get in the real offices, in the front office. We need more black GMs. 
more minority coaches, more minority Mark Donovan type guys. We need that type of. That's the only way you're going to change that. We need to look higher. We're looking too low. Our sights is too low. Coaches is too low. Coaches are replaceable every day. It was nine coaches just got fired this season. So if we had, if we hired nine black coaches and everybody be like, oh man, we got all the coaches. Woo! And then all of them get fired in three years, who cares? We'd be right back where we started. We need more black owners, more black general managers, more black people in the front office. And I'm done. Let's go. <laughs> Well said, country. Straight up, man. I'm with you 100% on that, my brother. Caleb, don't be starting. Don't talk about Jay-Z. Just about Mitchell Winnett. I'm trying to get a jersey. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That's a power move. Uh, so, was it him, Rich Paul, Matt Carter, and um, oh, okay. somebody else? Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I saw that. So, shout out to them. Yeah. That move. Um, so, yeah, man, let's get to let's get to uh, part three of this um, 2021 regular season recap. So, Week nine, we go up against the Packers at home. Uh, now, Aaron Rodgers, um, he didn't play this game. <laughs> then, then the, the NFL found out that, yeah, brother, you're not really immunized, man. You're not even vaccinated. So, yeah. No, nah, he was immunized. He wasn't vaccinated. Okay, okay. I guess we'll stick with that. He's immunized. <laughs> I don't but, know what he was. Yeah, you, you, you immunized, but that don't count, my brother. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, this was the debut of Jordan Love. Um, yeah, somehow his parents were sitting way up high on the upper deck, like the yeah. very last row, man. That was crazy. <laughs> I forgot about that. That is not the Chiefs' fault. That is the Packers' fault. That is not the Chiefs. Everybody yeah, was playing with the Chiefs like that was dirty. That was yeah. the speed game, right? When he had that play against Devontae Adams. Yeah. yeah. So he had a big game. Big, yeah, he had two two big plays. Yeah. And also the day de- the debut of Melvin Ingram, Melvin Ingram's okay. first game as Kansas City Chief. He got in there. Okay. Yep. He got in there. He got in there in his limited snaps and made a few plays. I know early on he got a sack on Jordan Love, and then um on the first offensive drive, you know, first fifteen plays, you know what I mean? Um, Tra- Patrick Mahomes, uh, Travis Kelsey, they doing their thing. They got one of the strongest Wi Fi's in the league still. Uh, Kelsey got a touchdown to start it off. Um, but I know throughout the course of the game, there was instances where the Packers uh, did get near the red zone, but the execution just wasn't there because, like, Spagnuolo just sent the house on Jordan Love, man. Like, he was making sure Jordan Love wasn't going to get comfortable at all. And then, like, when they got in field goal range on their second possession, uh, Crosby missed the field goal. And I just want to talk about how Crosby been on the decline as a kicker. It might be time for him to hang it up, so – so he's, he but, had a good career. Yeah, yeah. definitely had a nice career. Long. This the first hey, game so, the defense turned around too, though, right? I was just gonna say, was this the defense coming out party game? Yep. Even though, even though a lot of people discredit this victory just because Aaron Rodgers wasn't out there, um, but yeah. at the same time, uh, the, the Packers defense they played pretty well too after the first drive that we have. So, but. I saw, um, but like you said, I saw Snead making plays. Uh, Tyron Matthew made a few plays in this game. Um, everybody was doing their part, man. Like, you know, Devontae Adams, he had a few catches, but he had he didn't really have no big plays. 
You know what I mean? We kept this big place down to a minimum. So, but shout out to the defense on their performance. And also, like, the special teams got a block in this – got a field goal block in this game. <laughs> you know, just the um, – damn, I lost my train of thought. I lost my train of thought. What I was going <laughs> to say. <laughs> no, it was all good. No, nah, but, uh, yeah, this is the defense coming out party, man. They held them down. And, and a lot of people say – Insult the injury. That's what I was trying to get to. Oh, okay. <laughs> Not to put insult the injury. And a lot of people say, well, Jordan Love was playing, but the year prior, when we played Green Bay and uh, Pat wasn't playing, defense right. showed up that day too. Now, right. Aaron Rodgers went Aaron Rodgers and, and had some – I mean, ain't nothing you can do about that. But they did play him tough for the most part. You know what I'm saying? So – that's no excuse. You know what I'm saying? Anything can happen. And, and at that point, it wasn't a guarantee we were going to beat Green Bay, even if they had Jordan Love. You know what I'm saying? So it was a hell of a win, for real. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, um, the offense, offense is still struggling at the time. And like, um, and, and like you said, even with Jordan Love out there, the Packers, they can still – Winning with they they could they could have won this game they could have won this game with their defense you know what I mean they could have got a a fumble recovery for a touchdown or a pick six at at some point in this game because it was just that close it was tight throughout the entire game like there's there wasn't a, there was a one point in this game where you felt like the Chiefs had the game in the bag until Patrick Mahomes made a key sideline throw to Tyreek Hill to close it out oh the throw we got to bring up the yeah. throw yeah. <laughs> So Pat, I think late, late in the game, uh, we needed first down to, to like run the clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pat did scramble drill type thing, fires out a pass out Reed Hill, and mm-hmm. and just all the emotion of Patrick Mahomes came out. He was jumping and kicking and flipping. He was looking like Jackson Mahomes doing TikTok dances all on the field, and everybody was like, "Yo, that was the throw." He's good now. He fixed. That's what and everybody we'll thought. See. Yeah. yeah, that's what everybody thought. <laughs> right. We thought For we reached that point. It was true, though. For a few times it was true, but so that was the biggest. That was the biggest thing that come out of the Green Bay game was the the play of the defense and that throw at the end where Patrick Mahomes looked like he had shaked the the demon off. What's our record yeah. there? Let's see. Our record is now six and four. Nah, five and four. Five and four. Okay. Yep. All right. So the next game, uh, we go to Vegas, and that's when uh, and that's when that's when Patrick Mahomes caught finally caught on fire, man. That's the game we felt like, okay, he's back, he's fixed now. Let's go. You know what I mean? Let's get on this run. So, uh, from the start to finish, man, like. Annihilation. No. They just, they wait a minute. Clip. Wait a minute, Chuck. Wait a minute, Chuck. This is the game where the Raiders came on our logo. Yeah. And had a. a... No, nah, that was the that was the next game. Oh, that was, that the, was next the next. Week? That was the second. No, this. Th- yeah, this is the Sunday night joint. In Vegas. Oh, okay, okay. I'm sorry. We'll get to the next one. Never mind. Yeah, this yeah, is but... annihilation from start to finish. It, I don't even know why. Yeah, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so uh Der- 
but Daryl Williams, man, Daryl Williams had a hell of a game here too. And I remember he snatched on Jonathan Abrams so bad, yeah, dog. Yeah. Like that was yeah, like, that was that was a crazy catch. You're right. That was yeah. a you get that was a you got mossed for sure. That was, yeah, that that was, was a, you got mossed. That was the icing on the cake. Back. Yeah, yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, that was the icing on the cake. It was over after that. It really was over after that. Yeah, and I and I love I just for the record, I love when the Chiefs play against uh Jonathan Abram. I love when you pick when we pick on Jonathan Abram, man. That yeah. dude is he's such a tra- crash test dummy, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> he's easy, he's easily vulnerable out there. He no, thinks he he's does. he think he a lot better than he really is. Fake ass Bob Sanders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Fake ass Steve Atwater. I'm like, boy, stop. <laughs> oh, that's disrespect. <laughs> I'm just saying. But what would we be saying? 40, 40, 49 or something like that? Wasn't it something like that? 42 to 9? It was 41 to 14. 41 14. Okay. Yep, man. Forty burgers, man. You know, Patrick yeah. from the jump. Patrick from the jump, man. Finding Travis Kelsey early, per usual. You know, hitting his uh hitting his check downs. Like Darren Williams was involved quite a bit in the screen game in this game. He was getting fed a lot, you know, coming out the backfield. And he was finishing off runs pretty well too. Like he was hard to bring down. So it, this was just this was just a clinic, man. Like the operation was just clean, man. Like you hardly saw any hiccups. Whenever the Chiefs had the ball on offense, was this so, the uh, what our, our Grady's game? Because he was going against Crosby. Remember, we thought Crosby was gonna have a hell of a game. Ain't this the first yeah. game the game didn't play? The, yeah, yeah, the game was out. Yeah, this yeah, was, was uh, Wiley. Because we thought he a was gonna of, get a lot of chipping on, uh, a lot of chipping with Blake Bell and Tony Gun- uh, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey. He was a lot. <laughs> I'm tripping. So it was, yeah, yeah. Max Crosby, he he did his thing, but he wasn't as effective as he normally is. So, right. we did yeah. a good job. We did a good job against him. And, and then, and then, like you know, defense did a thing. Uh, Derek Carr. I mean, besides besides the only time Derek Carr got off against us a little bit was that pandemic year. Other than that, he hadn't done squat against us, man. Like we we just owned the dude. We just flat out on the dude. So. Big three left. <laughs> Shout out to Nip. <laughs> Rest in peace, Nip. What was the next game? We are right, seven so and four at this time. Uh, we six and four now. Six and so four. The, Dallas. Yep. yep, Dallas. Dallas. And, you know, and we had Jay Tuck and Dia Wall on for our shows. One of our biggest shows at the time, too. Loved it. Yeah, man. Dia had a lot of great energy. You know, both shows. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and Jay Tuck did his thing, too, though, man. Jay Tuck's very knowledgeable Cowboys fan. You know, actually, they they both very knowledgeable Cowboys fans. So, you know, shout out to them. But, uh, But anyway, you know, a lot of people was expecting a shootout. And we didn't get that. We got some tough. We got some good defensive performances. Uh, Chris Jones. Had his coming out party. He had three and a half sacks. And then Micah Parsons on the Cowboys end, you know, he proved why he was the best defensive rookie in the league this year. He had, um, I think he had two sacks and a fumble, a fumble, forced fumble and a fumble recovery. So he was balling himself. And we all was in agreement, like, look, we got to chip this dude. We can't let this dude impact the game. But 
You know, like Dia said, Dia said that he was going to impact the game in some type of way, and he did. So, um, I know the defense, we came, we balled out and everything, but, you know, once again, the offense went back to sputtering a bit, you know, um, even after, um, even after, and this was a game that Amari Cooper didn't play either. So, yeah, this yeah, is another, yeah. yeah, so this is another player that um, we somehow avoid, another key player we somehow avoid. So, um, besides that, man, I know, like, right before the end of the half, uh, C.D. Lamb, he, yeah. he tried to come down, um, tried to snatch over Traverius Ward, but Ward got the interception. He came down hard, his head slammed on the turf pretty hard, and he was out for the rest of the game. Um, but this we was also a big conversation yeah. about Dak Prescott this episode, too. Yeah. It was a yeah. real big, that was a long one, spirited conversation right there. He yeah, still ain't sure won that big game either. Man. <laughs> sorry, Unfortunate. Dan. I'm sorry. Unfortunate. <laughs> Unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the game where uh, Clyde Edwards Clyde Edwards Hilaire returned. Um Clyde was limited in snaps, but um he, he had he found a way he found his ways to an to the end zone and he ran pretty hard when he scored too. Like um, he was he showed excellent power and everything. So, and then like the t- but it was it was that was actually the second touchdown. The first touchdown was Travis Kelsey. When Travis Kelsey, um, it was like some type of um, I think it was I don't know if it was Wildcat or it was some type of um, I forgot what the formation was. But anyway, he took the snap. He took the snap and uh, he ran it in. So you know, Travis Kelsey showed some great vision and got in the end zone. Um, it looked like he was about to take it, looked like he was gonna take over this joint though and just run yeah. away with it. But we stalled, but somehow yeah. the defense, somehow the defense just played they ass off from start to finish. Yeah, this yeah. was and the first really game we was like defense because remember we were saying the defense uh was playing against some bad, we were talking about love and we was talking about the Raiders, mm-hmm. so we wasn't really we didn't really know how good the defense was. This was one of the best offenses. They was the number one offense as a matter number of fact one into that game. So even without, even with the injuries and all that, this was still a big game for our defense. This is when we first start thinking our defense might be serious. Yeah, they the defense definitely was the MVP in this game easily. Like they definitely came to play. Um, it was a good game. It could have been. We just never we got out the blocks and then it just kind of, kind of got bad, but. It was it was a good win. It definitely was a good win because Dallas came in hot. They were the number one team and number one offense, and they looked like they was well on this way. And this this is kind of yeah. But what killed me with Dallas is that they they went away from the run and they didn't really need to. Like they were still in the ball game. They was playing like they was down double digits. Pretty much the entire game, just keep just leaving the ball in Dak's hands like that, and you got two good running backs. You got one of the best backfields in the league, and you hardly ran the ball that game. So it was a, that was a bad game plan from Dallas offensively. Dak ain't ready, bro. Both, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this question's going around with going on with Dallas, man. Yeah, it's a lot of stuff going on with Dallas. Dallas, y'all can send us Gallup though for the chief. Thank you, appreciate it. I'll take Lawrence. I'll take Lawrence too. Sure, for the love. Uh, Lawrence, so, man, I don't want him. I don't want Lawrence, man. 
Lawrence, I think Lawrence is a little overrated, man. That's just me. Okay, opinion. we'll get to it on the free agent show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So so the oh, kingdom oh, oh. is feeling the feeling the, we feeling much better. We still got questions about the offense, but the defense but is definitely showing up at this point. Yeah, but hold on a sec. Besides defense though, before before I move on, before I move on, uh we're not gonna talk about Rashawn Fitton and <laughs> what he did after he got a penalty. He let the chopper spray. <laughs> hey, sleep was sleep was childish for that, bro. <laughs> the meme that keeps on memeing, bro. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a classic one right there. Kyle, let it go. No. Let it go. Kyle, no. As matter, hey, as matter of fact, I'm gonna do a list and I'm gonna do a space in regards to it, okay? Because I, I did not say Aaron Donald was overrated. I simply said Darren, Aaron Donald's not a top five defense player all time. That's all I said. And people are treating it like a crime. But well, I'm going to get to that. Y'all see it. You'll see it. But anyway, <laughs> continue, country. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to just gauge the, the mood of the kingdom at the time that, you know what I'm saying, everybody was feeling it was a 180-degree turn on the defense and uh, offense was still kind of – Kind of slow, but it was getting there. It was it was a much lighter atmosphere because it was tense going into that that week. It was it was at the point where that week we literally had to win all three of those games to have any hope of making the playoffs, and uh, or we had to win at least two of those games. So for us to win all three, we needed all three of those wins, and definitely. So. It looks like the Chiefs are turning it around. There's still some hiccups, but they're getting it together. And then this next stretch, they really going to put it together. But it was a good stretch. This was better than the last stretch. Woo! It was bad. That 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 uh that four through eight was terrible. But this stretch right here restored a lot of confidence in the fans, and, and, and we got everybody in the back. We still had some kinks to work out, but it was it was improvement. We could see flashes. Yep, and and like um and now we're coming to the bye week, week twelve. You know what I mean? The Chiefs they're sitting at seven and four, and then we go into this next game with uh the Denver Broncos. So we're we're at home, Sunday night football. Oh, I think we was a huge favorite. Like we was favorite to just smack the heck out of Denver, but. You know, with Vic, with Vic Fangio during his time at Denver, his defenses have usually come to play against us, and that was that was another case here. You know, even though we knew that our defense could shut down the offense, um, Denver actually ran the ball well against us in this game. Uh, Javante Williams, Javante was killing man. He had himself a night, man. He had himself a night, man. But, you know, whenever Denver needed to pass, man, either Teddy Bridgewater got sacked or it was a bunch of short games, you know. Like, they didn't really get anything going. Did he uh, finish but, the game? Um, Did Drew Lock come in or was that the second game? I, second game. That was the second time. Yeah, that was the second time. Yep. But but anyway, um, you know, and in the beginning, once again, you know what I mean, Patrick Mahomes, you know what I mean? The Chiefs, they driving down the field once again, getting out to a, a fast start. 
But then all of a sudden, you know, we get this whole we get this whole offensive pass interference from Travis Kelsey and stuff to kind of stall the drive a little bit. Um, but then we we try to get we get things back together, back rolling and everything. So we get within score range. Uh, Tyreek Hill continuing to destroy Denver like he usually does. Um, <laughs> Denver, it's like every time every time we play Denver, Denver usually does not have an answer for Tyreek Hill. And or even Kelsey. though, yeah, Kelsey get his too, but like more so Tyreek, man. And this time, you know, Chris Harris is not in the picture anymore. Because usually when we play Denver, uh, Chris Harris usually gets picked on because uh, Ty- he'd be lined up on Tyreek's side a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Um, but but besides that, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he runs it in on the first touchdown. You know what I mean? Wipes himself off and all that. Uh, but just throughout the course of the game, man, everybody on this Chiefs defensive line eight, man. Jaron Reed eight. Um, Chris Jones had himself a game. Uh, Frank Clark, he had himself a decent game. You know, Everybody got theirs, man. And like, um, and this is the game that also, and remember, like, remember how we were saying, like, we needed Clyde Edwards Hilaire to start getting involved more in the passing game and start hitting him on these screens more often. This is the game when the Chiefs started to use him a little more in the screen game, man. We was getting good results out of that. Um, it's just that at some point in this game, unfortunately, we stalled. We went back to stalling a little bit once again. And this goes back to what we mentioned earlier when um heck, I think this is when the Chiefs had the game wrapped up and you know, Chief Patrick Mahomes and Airbnb got into it on the sideline, you know what I'm saying? They was talking about um call the F and play to our will, you know, Mahomes said to Airbnb, you know. But yeah. other than that, man, the Chiefs did what they had they did what they needed to do. They took care of business. So from where we started, bro, from where we started to end up. At this point, eight and four was miracle, bro. Because it, it was looking bad. It was looking bad. And like you said, how we did it? Because the D line finally. This is when the D line finally started playing like they were supposed to. We was going into the season talking about it was a top ten D line. They didn't live up to expectations. But when Melvin Ingram came, Frank Clark got a little more healthier, got that core stuff out the way. D line was picking up. Defense picked up. We start winning, and I also and I also remember this is the game where I really got sick, and um, and that was at the, and that was the time where I couldn't do any episodes for a while because I remember watching this game from my bed, and after the game, that's when that's when I had to go to the hospital. Is this where Kylie came? Yeah, Kylie. Um, yeah, because Kylie got on and made her debut the next day. Cool. You know, and I was checking you guys out or whatever, but yeah, that's when um that's when I was not in my that's when I was when I wasn't in a good state of health. So I are designated to return. Yeah, you scared you scared us, man. <laughs> we didn't no, know what was going on. We didn't know what was going on. It was crazy. It was crazy. That was one of them shows me and Boogie had to do by ourselves, wasn't <laughs> Yeah, that was yeah, it was some, it was a strange time, bro. You missed what the next three shows, didn't you? Hey, yeah. missed, that's it. You missed more than that. Might have been five shows, something like Pre that. Pre and post, so that's really like six. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, because I wasn't around for this game. I wasn't around for the second Raiders matchup, 
but I came back when we played the Chargers. And what a show it was. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we'll get to that. Hey, we'll get to on the next episode. <laughs> we, had, we, we brought Kylie in. Kylie was supposed to be like a fill-in type, uh, type of thing, but with you being sick, uh, we had to kind of rush that. I kind of rushed it. You know what I'm saying? My bad and all that. But we kind of had to rush Kylie on the show. But she's been an awesome addition to the show. Like, and, and outstanding. She's doing her, outstanding. She's doing her thing, bro. She's really putting her stuff. Kylie had like 500 followers when she started. Now she got more than book. I know, right? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and she's yeah. creeping on me. Charles, Charles is killing all of us, but. She creeping up, man. She's been um, an awesome addition to the show, man. We we definitely appreciate it. We definitely grateful for her, you know what I'm saying? And we definitely grateful that Charles got healthy and came back because it was a little rocky there, man, like for real. So it was a good time. It was a good moment for us, too. Like the Chiefs were on the incline and, and our show was on the incline, too, man. So. It's good to remember that and appreciate that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, man. And, and like, and like, uh, I just want to say this about Kylie. Kylie, she is just, she's just re- tremendous, yo. Like, um, she's about to reach 3K on her followers. Um, you know, everybody likes what she has to say. I see her comment getting retweeted like quite a bit. So, you know, a lot of people, she's getting to love what she got to say, man. And she's definitely been a great addition to the team, man. She's she helped me out quite often too. Yeah, she helped me out quite often because I forget because um I I put the onus on myself because I completely forgot that we had an Instagram page and I somehow abandoned it. So <laughs> I'll take the onus on that. But but she's done a great job of holding down the IG page and you know, just just tremendous, man. You know what I mean? And whenever she gets on the show, you know, she brings great insight. So beauty and brains all in one, man. She gonna cry when she see this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised she ain't well, she out of town, but normally she would be in the chat if she wasn't on the show. So Yeah, man, she she out kicking it for the time being, but she'll get to the show. Drink she'll one get to for me. Show. Huh? I said drink one for me, Kylie. Oh, she gonna drink it. <laughs> I like Drunk Kylie is funny. I don't know. Y'all might never see it. Drunk Kylie is funny as hell. Oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> Under, understatement. Understatement yeah. for sure. <laughs> She's fun. Nah, man. Hell of a, hell of a, hell of a season, man. It was starting to turn around, bro. It was starting. It was some light at the end of the tunnel because it was dark. You know what I'm saying? It was dark for the show, too, because we lost you. We didn't know what was going on or how we was going to move through that. And then Kylie came through and blessed us, and and we kept marching on. You know what I'm saying? So this next four games going to get interesting yeah, in the show. Yeah, because the next four, we were still rolling, but then we got a little hiccup. And unfortunately, yeah. I get to that. <laughs> Who that? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, Boogie, take us out, man. 
All right, go Chiefs. See y'all next week. Like, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Like, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Share. If you don't, we kicking you out of the game like uh, Pat did Brittany. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, rest in peace to Therese Paler. Another, another episode of Kingdom Cast is in the books. We out of here, y'all. Hey.